Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. And welcome to the West Dam Camp, a Ron Verse read along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome to the show. Today, we're continuing our timeline journey with The King Chronicles, The Throne of Fire, Chapter 9, We Get a Vertically Challenged Tour of Russia, and Chapter 10, An Old Red Friend Comes to Visit, which are both from Carter's point of view. As always, I've got my points to focus on, so today we've got narrative, relationships, and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, pre-order Home to the Wild, my upcoming young adult adventure story that is coming out August 20th, and here's the synopsis. Not of my book of these two chapters. It's not the right place to put a self-promotion, is it? Anyway, let's go. With trouble afoot, the gang must head to Russia quickly to get the next piece of the Ra puzzle. Unfortunately, Walt can't come with them. An awkward goodbye and a terrifying car portal jump aside, they land in cold Russia and make their way to the magical gnomes. The, no, the magician's gnome. Good God, Fran. As per usual, the siblings get a little bit more than they bargained for. And that is the synopsis for these two chapters. Don't worry, there's not really that much information there. So we'll be going into the overviews for the two chapters as well. Um, the, you know, well, let's just get into it. I was going to give a little pre-commentary, but, but we'll, we'll get to that when I finish doing the overview. So let's start with chapter nine. We get a vertically challenged tour of Russia. And here is the overview for chapter nine. Carter relays the trouble he and Walt went to in getting to Sadie before the group head off to find a portal. The Ninth Gnome of England will know they're here now, so they have to find a portal they won't know about. Heading towards the Crystal Palace stairs, it is here that Walt has to leave. He can't go with them any further, for reasons unknown. It is here he gives Sadie her birthday present and swears to her that if he could, he would stay leading to Sadie feeling guilty about her treatment of him, as she should. Arriving in Russia through the stair portal, they begin their search in the old Tsar's palace for the magician's home and the piece of the Book of Ra they need. Bess can't go in with them and instead says he will meet them at a nearby chocolate shop. As he heads off, the two siblings head towards the palace. And that's basically the overview for chapter 9. Um, first question I do have though, because it doesn't mention this in the in the, in the chapter, and I don't think it's mentioned again throughout the series. But I hope there's more than one gnome in the UK because the ninth gnome is in England. You know, the UK is multiple countries. I hope there's a gnome in Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Southern Ireland. Obviously, the Southern Ireland is a part of the UK, but they should have their own gnome. But 
yeah, they don't really mention it, so I would like to think that they have more than one. I don't think they actually... I don't have the book near me. I can't remember now if they actually just say it's the Gnome of England or the one of the UK. I'm not too sure. But I'm just hoping that there's more than one Gnome in Britain. It's basically what I'm saying here. But it's not important, it's not significant, it's just me bringing up the fact that everyone seems to forget that the UK is made up of four countries. <laughs> Admittedly, the UK does that themselves. Well, I say the UK. England does that themselves because we, we're very self-centred as a country. Um, vote out the Conservatives if you're voting this year, just saying. Um, but anyway, let's go into the feedback for this chapter. Um, <laughs> again, as per usual, I have my usual issues with Rick not understanding England or English people or English things. And let me, okay, half from Carter's point of view and he is American. Well, I say that actually. He's not really. They traveled so much that he's not, he won't really have a American point of view, which is a failing in the, in the writing actually. Carter shouldn't have an American point of view because he's not lived in America most of his life. They had a house up until he was, what was it, eight? Oh, I guess. I kind of guess then, yeah, maybe. I don't know if they traveled when they were kids. Probably not. Okay, so it kind of makes sense then a little bit. But either way, like in the last couple of years, he definitely wouldn't have a US point of view because they've traveled so much that he's not really stayed in one place for long. So, and just getting to the reasoning for why I'm bringing this up. Um, Rick refers to Asda as a grocery store, which for any British person who's listening or anyone who has an Asda in their country, um, is an insult because Asda is more than food. They have George clothes, they have garden things, <laughs> I can't think of what they're called, but like it has furniture, it has garden utensils, like it it has kitchen stuff, it, like it's not just food. It's like a Walmart, I guess, would be the way, it, yeah. I don't know if Walmart does food though, hold on. Does Walmart do food? Um, okay, oh no, hold on. Okay, so that does look like there is food in Walmart. Okay, so it'd be more like a Walmart. Is Walmart a grocery store? I need to ask my American friends because I truly do not know. Hold on, I'm going to the Discord server all the podcasters are in because of course most of us are, well most of them are American. Hey guys, is Walmart a grocery store? Um, I'll get an answer eventually, so we'll, we'll pop back to that when, when that time comes. But anyway, moving on to the other thing, the other things, the other parts of, you know, England's errors, possibly, admittedly. So, hmm, so the road that Rick has them take, which is Camberwell Road, to get to this thing called the Crystal Palace Stairs, um, kind of not completely accurate because the road so Camberwell well so they were a uh, Waterloo Road uh, not Waterloo Road that's a TV show they were at Waterloo Bridge and then they get to Camberwell Road and then get to the Crystal Palace steps 
and like while you can take that path completely um you have to pay a toll to get to camberwell road i think it's like coming off of waterloo bridge like that area like leave because that's like more central london whereas camberwell road is southeast london um but i don't know if it was back then it could be that it wasn't then but you it i looked it up on google maps for the directions from waterloo bridge to um to the crystal palace steps via camberwell road and it does like there is no way to get around a toll and I'm assuming the toll has probably been there for a while because I'm sure I've heard it on the news about people kicking up a fuss about the toll being put in if it was a recent thing. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that was just a random thing. I was just kind of like, okay, well, that was missed. I guess I know it's not an important detail, but like it would have shown that he'd done some research. But anyway, to do with the Camberwell Road in general, so. Rick mentions there are lots of people scowling at their cars, a couple of tough guys eyeing the car to maybe try and like rob it or steal it or something like that. Um, I'm not too sure how I feel about that presentation because like London, like there are rough areas, but there are rough areas everywhere. Like we don't get any description. Like I've heard like, it's like Brooklyn, I guess. It's like the same vibe as, and I know, well no, they did drive around Brooklyn. They never talk about people like eyeing their car or anything. Like, it just it feels really random to have this section of basically talking about criminals in southeast London. Southeast London. It just I don't know. It just it read oddly to me. Um, and admit I don't know that much about Camberwell Road, but considering the housing costs are like nearly three hundred thousand pounds for a one bed flat. It doesn't seem like a particularly rough area, but I could be wrong, so I don't know. It just it just felt really odd to read this whole thing of like Carter talking about a couple of tough guys in the car, like an old woman scowling at them, and I was just like, why is this necessary? Firstly, to write in when we've not done any of that for any of the previous locations, which have predominantly been in the U.S. by the way. But the moment we get to Southeast London. We're talking about tough guys who want to steal, who may want to steal a car. I don't know, it just, it read really odd to me. And it just felt really out of place and I just, it, I'm not a fan. Um, and admittedly, that is very nitpicky. Let's get into an actual critique that I have in relation um, to stuff that happened in this chapter. And of course, as per, um, it's to do with Sadie <laughs> and a problem I have with Sadie. This time in relation to Walt. So, what happens in this chapter is that they are, they've arrived at the Crystal Palace stairs and Bess has said to Walt, sorry mate, you can't come with us. Um, he realises that Walt hasn't told them something about themselves, himself, which is why he can't go. Um, and then Walt, quote unquote, makes the mistake of mentioning he should get back to check on Jazz. You, you guys remember Jazz, the person who is in a coma because Sadie was reckless you know that jazz um and Sadie responds by being incredibly petty by bringing up Anubis to hurt Walt's feelings because she can 
and because she's upset that he mentioned Jazz, the person who may be dying, and it was all because he wanted to help Jazz. Like, there's, like, oh my god, it's just, it was so petty. Like, this is why I don't like Sadie as a character. She's just mentioned about the whole Anubis situation. She's feeling slightly embarrassed. And like, what is hurt about this situation? Because he has feelings for Sadie. And the one time... So she mentioned Anubis multiple times, most likely from this. She mentions him a few times prior to Walt mentioning anything to do with Jazz. And yet she's the one who then lashes out at him, basically, by hurting him deliberately because she can and she know it will hurt him and this is the thing she knows it's gonna hurt him but the whole thing is he's worried about someone who's who could be dying or who could never get better like we don't know that she's gonna come out of her coma but Sadie is more upset that he just mentioned her name when you know literally only a chapter previous well no two chapters previous <laughs> Anubis had kissed her and yet she's the one making Walt feel bad. It's just not on. It's just, it just. It, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later because, like, considering how kind Walt is, like, he gives her a birthday present, one that is really sweet as well. And yet she's treating him quite badly. Actually, she doesn't even apologize properly for what she did in bringing up Anubis to hurt him. Like, it's just, it's not on. But moving on from that, I just want to talk a little bit <laughs> slightly about Rick's um, time problem. I've brought this up a few times and I'm definitely going to bring it up more in Son of Neptune, but Rick doesn't seem to understand time because we they arrive in Russia um, and <laughs> Sadie is saying, oh, we technically have three days now after it's after midnight. And all I can think is, but time zones because everything is seemed to be running on like american time so like the deadline for sets rise was very much tied to the u.s time zone so if that's the case it's currently late afternoon in the u.s so they still have four days but they're just currently ahead of time because they're in a different country which has a different time zone like it's just it just felt really weird because like they're going to go back to America eventually I think yeah no yeah I can't remember but I'm sure they will which means that when they get back there they'll probably end up having more time than they did previously because they will technically have gone back time zones are stupid but they'll technically have gone back in time when they go back to America from Russia so I don't know, it just, it, uh, it's just really, really weird to me. Like, and the fact that no one mentioned time zones. <laughs> I was like, the only reason why it's after midnight and you technically got three days is because you're in Russia, which is, let me just double check. How many hours ahead of US is Russia? Um, so they are seven hours ahead in Russia. So, for example... It is two o'clock currently in Russia, uh, which means it is seven in the morning in Washington DC. So that's to do with EST. Yeah, which would make sense because that's where, oh no, are, are they central? I don't know. I don't, 
why does the US have so many different time zones? It's one country. But anyway, oh no, it's the same with Australia actually. And, anyway, sorry, doesn't matter. But even still, technically, they're in the future right now, but they'll be going back in time when they go back to the US after completing this mission. I don't know, it's just something that stuck out to me. I was like, just mention the time zones and I would have been fine. But this is also being me being like a nitpicky little shit. So um, ignore me at the same time because I am being a bit of a dick. Um, okay, sorry, I've just got a response. So this is from Lachlan from the uh, We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast, another Percy Jackson podcast, in relation to the Walmart thing. Uh, it has a grocery section and there are smaller locations called Walmart Grocery, but your average Walmart has food, clothes, aesthetics, etc. Okay, I thought... I so thought I'm responding. I'm going to read it out to you. I thought so. I'm just asking because Rick calls Asda, which is basically a Walmart, a grocery store, and I got affected um okay sorry uh but let's get back into it so they've been basically finished with chapter nine there so let's head on into the next chapter which is chapter 10 an old red friend comes to visit and can we just talk about the double entendre <laughs> with this because uh oh i'm not really supposed to be going to be talking about it. the red friend is set but also what is the color for russia they are red they are it's the communism red you know that's very much like a thing like the color red is to do with communism in russia so i just thought it was really quite funny that the, an old red friend russia <laughs> set comes to visit um that's stupid i don't even know why i found that funny i just noticed that and i thought oh that's kind of funny it's not but it stood out to me so shut up Anyway, uh, <laughs> here is the overview for chapter 10, An Old Red Friend Comes to Visit. Stumbling through the palace with an, with an invisibility spell, they find their way towards a secret door. Making their way through to the secret room, they find themselves stumbling onto Vlad, torturing a demon under his command. Using the invisibility... Oh, that's a really hard word. Using the spell as best they can, they make their way to a desk to a desk as Vlad summons Set to all of their surprise. Turns out Vlad wants to free Apophis and he needs the ingredients to do it. Unfortunately for the siblings, just as they find the missing book piece, Set reveals them to Vlad. Using his true name, they are able to set to get Set free and set oh god there's a lot of s's to send vlad flying but before they can escape they'll have to defeat a two-headed snake without the god's help that was a really hard overview because of all the s's oh my god <sighs> and um yeah that's basically the overview for chapter 10 it's like there's a lot happens and also kind of not at the same time but um the <laughs> i of course have focused on the most important things of Hooray! We now know when Carter's birthday is. Not the day, but we know his birthday's in June. And I love that for him. I know I was complaining about it earlier, but you know what? What day should. Do you know. Hold on. When is Carter Kane's birthday? Um. Oh, hold on. Da da da. That's. Oh no, that's. 
It doesn't say, no, it doesn't say at all. Um, it just, yeah, so it's, oh my God. Carter Kane was born in Los Angeles sometime in 1995. That doesn't help at all, does it? Um, okay, so let's just give him a date. Um, okay, just because my sister's birthday is also in June and she's cool. Um, also his birthday is the 5th of June. So yeah, we'll celebrate Carter's birthday on the 5th of June. Anyway, um, <laughs> just wanted to bring that up because that was very significant and important to me. Um, but the, the only other thing I want to bring up with this chapter, and I think I've mentioned this previously before, I can't remember, but I'm not impressed that the bad guy is a Russian, but it is an American author writing this, so I'm not very surprised. It's just very unoriginal. And that's kind of what makes it a little bit disappointing. That's the one thing I do find about the King Chronicles. I love the magic system. I love the sibling bond. I love the, the concept and the story. The villains, kind of weak, except for maybe Apophis. All the others though, not the best. Um, just wanted to bring that up. I really do enjoy the King Chronicles. It is one of my favorite series. It just, it has room for improvement, which I hope the Netflix series will, well, the Netflix film trilogy will do. But that's a conversation for another time. Anyway, um, <laughs> seeing Seth again as well, uh, being his chaotic neutral self was very refreshing. Um, and yes, I agree, Seth. Your true name of Evil Day is dumb. And I'm glad we're in agreement with this. Although I think his choices weren't great for replacement. Um, <laughs> um, what would be a good name for Set? Um, hmm, that's a good question actually. I would call it, honestly, Red Day. I think, considering like Red is like a huge thing to do with him, calling him Red Day, or oh, I was gonna say Red Letter Day, but I think that's the name of a band. Just calling him Red Day. It's not any better, but it's better than Evil Day, which is a bit, ridiculous but yeah anyway I already have anything specifically for the feedback section of this so let's just go into the main points of the episode and I will talk about narrative first um, as I mentioned like just uh, well only a couple of seconds ago technically um, the fact that the bad guy who wants to unleash ultimate chaos on the world is Russian and seemingly has no real reason for wanting to do this like I just like basically his reason for doing it is the world will be coming to an end and we need to join chaos to survive because Apophis is going to rise all the same and he's so much more powerful than Ra so it's better to be on his side than on the gods and it just it makes no sense like it's just it's an innocent and very mundane plot line of the bad countryman is bad because bad like <laughs> His reason for wanting to free Apophis makes no sense. It's just a it's just a pretty crap reason for the villain. Like at least Des Jardins has a good reason for being a bit of a dick. The Kane family have been dangerous in the past. They've been dealing with gods, which is forbidden. Um, you know they caused problems in the past. They you know it led to the death of one of their magicians. Like it caused problems previously. Um, and so he's not going after them for the sake of it. He's, well, obviously until this point, because Vlad is doing it. <laughs> so he's under the guise of the bad Russian guy. Um, but like prior to this, 
his reasonings made sense. They were breaking the laws of the magicians and they had no intention of stopping. And like it is more that like he's just stuck in the past or that it's very much just like the modern conflicting with the past. Um, so, which is a pretty good motivator. It makes sense for why he'd be like, sort of an antagonist or well, not an antagonist, well, kind of an anti-hero maybe. I don't know. But just currently, this Vlad guy is just a pretty piss poor villain. And his motivation kind of sucks. And I don't know if it improves. I doubt it does because honestly, just the fact that he's a Russian guy. <laughs> it's just... I don't know. Like obviously, the, you know... Where, where am I going with this? Also, the whole situation that's going on in Ukraine at the moment with Russia, you know, is awful. We are seeing this awful side of Russia. But that's people in positions of power and those under their influence. It's not like normal citizens, which I guess like Flanders is like a representation of, maybe, because he's in power of the magician's gnome. But even still, it just... It's, it's lazy writing, in my opinion, just being like, oh, we need a villain. Let's make him Russian. Like, that just feels like where it was. That doesn't feel like an actual reason for him being Russian. Except Russians are always the bad guys in most, you know, thrillers and, like, action films and stuff like that in the US. Like, that's a common denominator. The villain is either English or Russian. Like, there is nothing else. And this just feels like the exact same thing here. The only thing that I'm really a fan of that's happened in that chapter is that Set is reappearing once again, like I said, showing his chaotic neutral tendencies, which, as I've mentioned previously, considering Egyptian mythology is all about balance of chaos and mart, which is, you know, peace and stuff like that, is very fitting to see Set kind of working both sides. Because that's, you know, that's how things work in the real world. I don't know, it's just the narrative so far is kind of falling a little bit flat to me, which is a little disappointing because I wanted this villain to be better. I couldn't admit it, I couldn't remember much about this villain um, and explained a lot now as to why. But let's move into the relationship section. So let's talk about Sadie Bolt and Anubis. It's barely even started and I'm already tired of this love triangle. Well, I can you can't call it a love triangle because uh, Walt and Anubis aren't into each other. They seem to not actually like each other, seemingly. So it's not a love triangle, it's a love line with just Sadie in the middle. And seemingly Carter is tired as well because Carter, because Carter is so accurate with his feelings on the situation. Like, Walt is here. Walt is mortal. Walt cares about Sadie. Like he's not giving her like any mixed signals. Like there's obviously the jazz situation kind of maybe would be considered mixed signals, but he clearly doesn't seem to show romantic feelings towards jazz because every time something is seemingly misconstrued, he immediately tries to explain what's happening to to Sadie to let her know no this isn't what you think it's looking like and also Carter is right Sadie's petty moment after Walt briefly mentions Jazz who again is in a goddamn coma thanks to Sadie by the way 
is cruel and unfair. And the fact that he brings up later, you know Walt likes you, right? And Sadie, okay, I get that having like a family member getting your romantic business isn't on, but he's got a point. Walt does like her. He got her this beautiful gift to do with, um, oh God, what? It's to do with Ra. It's a, sort of like the thing that he sort of, I think it says crown. There's a specific name for it. I didn't write it down. I apologize. Um, that he gets, which is basically a necklace that he's given her. One that is actually a proper present, by the way. <laughs> And is has so much symbolism behind it. Of like, I know you're looking for Ra. Hopefully having something that connects to him will help you find it and give you some kind of good luck. It's just, it's, it's so much more from the heart. And it just shows the kind of nice person that Walt is. Like, and he brings it up to her again. Like, look, if I could stay, I would. Please know that if I could, I would. And I don't know, it's just, it's, it's kind of sad that Sadie is not recognising the level of what Walt is doing for her, or the care that he has for her. Because she is, she is way more wrapped up in Anubis than she is Walt. Which, as again, Carter brings up, he's a 5,000 year old god. Yeah, they have this whole moment before they get into, and get into Vlad's uh, secret room, which... When, is when they're seeing basically this thousands, well, 5,000 year old image of Anubis on a wall in his jackal form. And he gets frustrated because he thinks Sadie's looking at it because it's Anubis. And I get his frustration because that's when he brings up the whole, you know, Walt likes you, right? And to Sadie's comment previously after Walt gives her the gift is like, great, too two good-looking boys giving me presents and is basically like really upset about it and Sadie just really irritates me this whole love line storyline irritates me because we have an appropriate option with Waltz who isn't actually getting the level of attention I think he deserves in this storyline both from Sadie and just from the narrative as a whole he is the better option, he is the nicer option, he is the more appropriate option, and even Carter agrees, and admittedly, I feel that's going to be more of a reason why Sadie is not interested, because Sadie is that level of petty, but it's just, it's really frustrating, and it doesn't get any better. Admittedly, at least, <laughs> this uh, love line is a little bit less awful than one that comes up later and we'll get to that when we get to that oh my god but um i think that's basically all i have to say i'm just i don't know this is these are goodish chapters and also not greatish chapters at the same time as well because we've got the bad villain we've got the awful romance situation but at least we're learning more about what's happening with the narrative of the fact that someone is intending to release apophis of their own accord so in a sense the timeline is like running up quicker they've got to do things a lot quicker because otherwise they're going to be like serious shit um and i appreciate that i appreciate the sort of the speed like the pace of this book is a lot better than the previous book and anyway, that is probably because there are less chapters but you know either way pacing is better but i don't think the story is better um but we'll continue this conversation 
at a later date in the next episode. But of course, let's get to the thing that you're all waiting for, which is this week's question of the episode. And this this week's question is, how do you feel about Vlad the villain? Uh, that'll be going up on all of our social media, so be sure to keep an eye out for that, or email me your own thoughts to do with Vlad. Um, and also, I've got to say, I thought they called him Vlad as well. Unless, am I Mr? I'm pretty sure, no, he's called Vlad. He's called Vlad. But the fact that he's called Vlad, good God, could you not think of a more stereotypical name for a Russian? <laughs> At least Des Jardins is a more, you know, uncommon French name, but blimey, you'd really went, ah, what a Russian, Vlad. <laughs> also, isn't Dracula called Vlad? which is not Russia, that's like just Eastern European, but uh, anyway, sorry, continue, let's just, <laughs> let's just end. Thank you all for joining me for these chapters. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Royal Universe journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically where we listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see you, shall speak to you all next time. Bye.